welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasilla from NHS Somerset, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, uh, also NHS Somerset Clinical Lead and GP. And um, Peter, I think you're our guest as well today, aren't you? <laughs> I believe I am, Andrew. Yes. Yeah, so it's slightly scary because normally I I play the person who knows nothing, whereas uh, today maybe I'm I'm supposed to to know something. Well, what have you chosen as a topic to share with us today? I've chosen assertiveness, Andrew, and, and particularly looked at from a, a, a particular point of view, which I came into contact with many, many years ago, and I found very helpful in analysing the way we interact. And it, it's its posh name is transactional analysis, but um, no, it, it's basically just a, a way of, of looking at the way we interact. And in particular, the assertiveness, which is not about aggression and it's not about getting our own way. It's about putting our point of view across in a way that doesn't cause offence. Excellent, because I was going to ask you to unpack that term assertiveness. Is, it, is there anything else you'd like to say about assertiveness? I think only that it, it's got a very bad rep. So a lot of us will think of assertiveness as being synonymous with being maybe a little bit bullying, uh, maybe trying to get our own way, uh, maybe raising our voice, and and absolutely used in this context. It's not about that. It's uh, so it's a sort of a a subset of this. If people are interested, there's a, a very good book, and it was written a long time ago, but still relevant today. I'm okay, you're okay, by Thomas Harris, came out donkeys years ago, and they talk about the the three part assertive message, where if you're trying to get the message across. Rather than just say, I want to do this, you say, when you do X, it makes me feel Y. Uh, so, for instance, if somebody says something unpleasant to you, rather than just saying, oh, that was rude or oh, didn't like that, explain how it makes you feel. And then that puts the other person in your shoes and, yes. and hopefully they can understand the impact that that they're their words or actions have on you so a neutral comment rather than a judgmental comment um that's sort of biting back yes absolutely and that kind of takes us to the meat of the the transactional analysis way of looking at things is that the a neutral comment is very much a an adult based one whereas a judgmental it'll it'll be a, a parent based one so i don't know do you want me to unpack a little bit about the basis behind the theory of, of a TA. I, I would, but can we just talk about what a transaction is? It's an interaction between two people? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And yes. the analysis is just, let's look at what's going on. So it sounds it sounds terribly posh uh, and highly erudite, but it's actually saying, let's see what's going on. Exactly. So, so precisely. And precise. I understand it uses a model of us having three persona or three aspects to our being is that right yes and it, it's very much a development of the freudian idea of the ego id and superego and the ego is is the adult bit the id is the the child bit and the super ego is the uh the parent bit and freud again has been fallen under cloud a bit i think some of the ideas he had that a lot of our thoughts are unconscious uh, are really helpful. Uh, so his 
his idea of, of these three states are useful. Where he went wrong, in most people's view, is the idea that the basis of a lot of mental health problems arise from difficult things that happened in our childhood, which they do. But his idea is that then we suppress those into our subconscious and that all you have to do is to release those traumas into the consciousness and everything sorts itself out. And that's shown not to be uh, true, unfortunately. No, unfortunately, that can sometimes re-traumatise us because if we yeah. relive something, we activate all the emotional pathways again. It's a question of how we how we achieve closure, not just containment, but mature closure without um, without re-traumatising. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we all agree that childhood trauma uh, is incredibly important and can stay with us. And um, again, the way the um, Thomas Harris, the I'm OK thing, uh, puts it is that a lot of us have these tapes in our early life replay in our brain that in the way of, of of getting on with with life and getting on with other people and I, I think that's a more useful way of looking at it that's really helpful i think the thomas harris stuff sounds very interesting uh also the the ta which do you want to look at first because in my mind the questions about this parent adult child what are the attributes of parent uh, is is parent always a kind place to be in uh does it act act well uh and i'd like to come back to the i'm okay you're okay after that yes and i don't think the idea is that any of these these three states that are obviously obviously generalizations we all have bits of all of them and other bits as well in us but it's a, a useful way of unpacking the way we we deal with things so the parent bit can can be good absolutely it can be that fostering looking after, uh, caring for role. It can also be the judgmental, finger-wagging, telling off, you're bad, don't do this side of it. And in, in the same way, the, the adult bit can be the rational, um, thoughtful way of, of being things, but it can also be this rather cold, Spock-like, um, unemotional part. And likewise, that's, the child... That's... Sorry, that's that's Doctor Spock. Um, <laughs> it's, no, sorry, Mister Spock of, of Star Trek, rather than Doctor Spock, the uh, right. uh, the psychologist. Yes, right. And then there's the child, <laughs> and the child, which is equivalent to to Freud's id. Again, that can be either, can't it? So when we're in childish mode, we can either be um, having fun. Everything is is great. We laugh a lot. It's very jolly. Or it can be the stamping our foot, saying "I won't," and shouting and having a tantrum. Child. So, so all of these are are quite nuanced. But it, it's what happens when you, when you go into these different modes and the way that we react with other people in different modes that that makes it interesting. That's that's really interesting. So if I take the child role and I can become a bit sort of petulant and stroppery and whatever, how does that make you feel if I sort of start arguing and being, oh, I, well, I need you to do this, Peter, and this is so-and-so, and well, you know, why aren't you doing so-and-so? How does that make you feel, apart from irritated? <laughs> but, but the irritated is the point, isn't it, Andrew? So you're absolutely right. It, so one of the ideas of, of TA is that you get these, these pairings and the one person going into a particular mode will tend to stimulate certain in the person they're interacting with. So if I'm if I'm in uh, child mode and I'm demanding things and I'm stamping my foot, it will be very hard for you to stay calm, rational. Yeah. Um, you will tend to either go into parent mode 
and say, yeah. no, you can't do that. Yes. Or you'll go into child mode and get even crosser. And and that's something I, I think we've been taught as um, professionals, isn't it? Is that if we've got a patient who's very, very cross, then rather than being pushed into that natural mode of parent or child, if we can actually stay in adult mode, then that, that can kind of bring them out of child mode and diffuse the situation. I don't know. Does that make sense to you, Andrew? It certainly does. And it takes us back to something that some of our listeners will be uh, familiar with, uh, to to sit calmly in who we are in our power. And uh, as long as you're not driving or using heavy machinery, could I invite you, perhaps invite you, Peter, uh, as you're playing child a little bit at the moment? Or are you playing parent? I'm not sure which. To put <laughs> To put your feet flat on the floor as long as it's it's safe and uh, legal to do so. Feet flat on the floor, spine comfortable, and allow yourself to just take three slow, regular, rhythmic, calming breaths with your abdominal muscles and just take the tension right down and notice how you feel and enjoy that calm for a moment. I hope that's putting us back into adult, is it? <laughs> it's certainly done it for me, Andrew. I was getting quite aerated talking about um, arguments and child and adults, and it, it sort of pushed me back into a calmer state. So thank you for that. Charmed you back into a calmer state, Peter. It didn't push you. You took, your, you took <laughs> yourself there. Good point. Good point. I heard, so, I heard yesterday that uh, uh, I think it was Churchill who said, um, I'm not sure I like being taught things, but I'm up for learning when I want to on my terms. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And again, he is basically in that saying, I want to be treated as an adult. So if we choose to learn, then then we are in adult mode. Whereas if we're being taught something and told what we need to think, then that's pushing us back into child mode. And I'd invite people listening to this to, to actually think about their states of mind at different times of the day and in different situations. And whether they, because most of us have a preferred way of being, most of us will tend to be uh, one of those three things the majority of the time, that's our default state, although we can go into other states. And it's often helpful to know whether we are primarily adult child or parent. And of course, you and I, Andrew, as professionals, um, we we tend to stay in adult mode most of the time, don't we? Uh, we try to, although we can be attracted into parent, unless it's unless it's we're um, trying to do something on behalf of our patients and we're being thwarted, in which case we become petulant child against the against NHS Somerset, perhaps, or against the government, or Never. against God, or against somebody else that we can we can feel frustrated with. And that can be appropriate too, can't it? Sometimes anger. Uh, is the right way. Uh, you know, Dylan Thomas said, rage, rage against the dying of the light, didn't he? So I'm not saying that it's good to always stay as a calm, unemotional adult. There are situations when we actually, uh, it's it's absolutely helpful for us to go into that, that angry child mode. And that will give us an energy that we may not have in other ways. Um, you always tell us about the parasympathetic nervous system at this point, don't you, Andrew? Our sympathetic nervous system very calm, very useful. But if anger is such a useful emotion, if it is transformed into creativity, so when we can express anger 
safely and transform it into creativity. We can actually change things for the good, not just for ourselves, but for everybody. It's when we use it destructively, which often happens when we're in a fear state or we feel threatened that it's, uh, it's, it's part of a problem. But thank you for mentioning the sympathetic nervous system, which, as we all know, is nothing to do with sympathy. It's all to do with activation and the parasympathetic calm, which is all about being. Uh, and those few breaths that we just took, if anybody would like to repeat them, putting their feet flat on the floor and allowing their spines to be comfortable and just taking three slow, regular, rhythmic breaths, just takes us back to that point of calm Calm detachment, calm standing in our power and calm reflection. And I bring up that word, Peter, reflection, because it's quite difficult for us to see ourselves as other people do. So I might think I'm being assertive, but other people might think I'm being very bossy. What, what's, what's the difference? Please help us. Well, the difference is that assertiveness is putting a pot, our own point of view across as an equal whereas bossiness again that puts us into parent mode and it, it's putting ourselves above other people and trying to force them into a state that uh, we want them to be in but they may not want to be in themselves so i so i, I think it's a really important distinction to make and I, a lot of people confuse the two indeed to give a sort of an example of it um Actually, when it comes to bargaining with somebody else, when it comes to both people having difficult situations to deal with, um, we can either bargain aggressively, and the, the sort of language that explains that we're bargaining aggressively would be that we're barging, we're bullying, we're dominating, we're forcing others, we're oppressing, we're pressurizing, or we're putting down, or we're threatening people. Or we can bargain passively, um, so aggressive bargaining might be in sort of parent-dominating mode. Passive bargaining, we might take the child mode and we we lie low or we're resigned to it, we're apathetic, we hesitate, we play dead, we stagnate, we submit, we we wait and see, we turn shy. But if we if we bargain assertively, then then we share with the other person what our losses are and what their losses are. We ask questions like, what if? And if so and so. <clears throat> then then what next we're present um we assert our truth we we seek perhaps to share and maybe influence but we seek to motivate and we seek to negotiate to offer to take turns and to try i don't know if that's that's helpful by looking at the language we might find ourselves using we can see what position we're in i think it is and it it shows up the difference doesn't it between being empathic, understanding the other person, putting ourselves in their shoes and trying to allow them to be in our shoes and understand our feelings um, without without trying to dominate and bully, which I, I think we'd all, all agree is a, is a bad thing. Can I come back to, um, I, I, I quite agree that none of us should be dominating or bullying. Um, However, if we're taking a poor me stance, if if we take the victim stance, it can push the other person towards acting perhaps a little bit more forcefully than others. So going back to the I'm OK, you're OK, is that the only position or are there other positions about the OKness with you and me? 
there are other positions. Again, I'd stress that we're not, and, and the, the Thomas Harrison and so on, are not that we should always be in this adult state. They're, they're not saying that that's the way we should always be. They're saying that if we can become aware of the sort of hat that we're wearing in our interactions, it makes those inter interactions productive. And it also allows us to understand the other person's point of view. Uh, and it, it makes interactions much richer. So we can then um, maybe lose our call and then think, oh, I, I slipped into into child state uh, there. That, maybe that was good. Maybe that wasn't. Sometimes it's appropriate. As I say, if we're in danger, we've talked about the, the fight and flight thing, haven't we? So if we are in physical danger, then it's absolutely appropriate for us to to lose our call, to be in the moment, to have lots of adrenaline, to get ourselves out into a safe state. Indeed. It's interesting, isn't it? And uh, we've just recorded before this session, we've recorded a, an episode which was talking about uh, um, trusted NHS apps and artificial intelligence and other things. And and David, our producer, has just very kindly asked ChatGP to produce a role play using a Starfleet mission briefing, using Captain Kirk as um, parental ego state, uh, Spock adult ego and uh, ends in Scott, child ego state, and we're all on the USS Enterprise uh, as uh, senior officers. That's myself, Captain Kirk, and my uh, colleague, uh, uh, Spock. And uh, ends in Scott with a guest appearance uh, by our producer, David, is a junior crew method, uh, member. We've got a really important mission coming up. So if I start, is that okay, Peter and David? Yeah, yeah. Spock, I've reviewed this mission parameters, and I believe we should adjust our approach to ensure we maximise our chances of success, and this is really important. Uh, Captain, the initial plan was carefully calculated based on available data and Starfleet protocols. I recommend adhering to the original plan. Captain, this mission is daunting, and I'm not sure if I can handle it. I've never faced anything like this before. Ends in okay, Spock. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> i think i think we've had enough of chat enough. gpt yeah, okay. <laughs> role playing but what what is interesting in that is that we both started out in adult mode didn't we we were both being quite rational but then um because scotty uh goes into child mode and gets panicky that would then tend to trigger uh one or both of us to go either into child mode and say don't be silly scott we've got to do this yeah or to go into parent mode and, and say either it's fine, don't worry, it'll all be all right, we'll we'll take care of it, or into uh, bossy parent mode and say, yeah. come on, pull yourself together, we've got to do this. So it, it's a demonstration, I guess, of how one person adopting a particular way of being will change the behavior of the other person and will throw them into a, a contrasting state. Really interesting. And just going back to uh, Thomas Harris's original material, um, uh, and Eric Byrne, of course, did a lot of work on this uh, as well. And the concepts of that, that uh, start with um, that, that are fundamental in transactional analysis are that people are born okay, and that even if we have emotional difficulties, we're still full intelligent human beings. And Many emotional difficulties are curable, given adequate knowledge and the proper approach. And uh, Thomas Harris postulated that we start life 
from the healthy position of I'm I'm okay, and uh, you're okay, and that we start life as little princes and princesses, and we're only turned into frogs by our early experiences. And there are two in a matrix of four quadrants. There's I'm okay, you're okay with me, and I'm okay with you. So the where they intermesh at one level, that's I'm okay and you're okay, and that's a healthy position, and we work together. But if I'm not okay with me and you're okay with me then i'm not okay and you're okay and that's a one down position and i feel i wish i could do as well as you could now if i'm okay and you're not okay that's a one up position a bit parental hey you're not doing that right let me show you and of course the lose lose situation is that i don't feel okay and you don't feel okay and this is the hopeless position and uh, of course we we collude as as children together oh this is terrible we'll never manage anything thank you andrew that's a a very clear exposition and i mean nowadays we tend to use slightly different um language don't we 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 talk about trauma informed therapy and the idea that yes if if bad stuff happens to us at a, an impressional age that can leave deep emotional scars and and a lot of people will have that experience that if they revisit something that's been really difficult, that will take them back into being that frightened child who's easily overwhelmed by emotions. So if we can stop that happening and stay in adult mode, mode, confronted uh, with something that's potentially re-traumatizing, that can help to to overcome uh, these emotional scars and and help them to heal in time, uh, often with help from therapists. Absolutely. And uh, one shouldn't um, underestimate that benefit from a skilled therapist, but from a safe relationship with anyone who is there for you and able to help us help you forwards, because we're all on the journey of life moving forwards. uh, And when we feel safe and when we feel supported, we can actually move a huge amount. And one of the one of the easiest ways of feeling safe and supported, assuming we're, we've had adequate sleep, assuming we're hydrated, assuming other things are equal, is to, um, what was it, Peter? Put your feet flat on the floor, spine comfortable, yes. and just take three slow, regular, rhythmic, calming breaths and let the cares of the world drop away and embrace the calm of the parasympathetic nervous system using that regular breath. And it's quite fascinating how that can change our perspective on our issues. I think that's a really important point, Andrew, that we're not talking about um, suddenly transforming the way we are. We're talking about becoming more aware of different modes that we can slip into, often unconsciously. And in relationships, um, particularly in, in a partnership, then it's very easy for one of us to stay, say, in child mode and one of us to stay in parent mode. And that's maybe not very healthy. It's maybe better for us to switch from one thing to another at different times. So it's more equal. And and this awareness of our natural way of being can be really helpful in relationships. I'm I'm aware I don't like psychobabblers. No, Andrew, I'm I'm a hard rationalist. But I think that um, this this self-awareness can be helpful. Do you, 
do you think that's right or am i am i lapsing into psychobabble at this point no it's absolutely crucial they say i think socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living and if it wasn't socrates and i may have may have lapsed poor listeners into medical bullshit at that point because i wasn't sure who said it but um we we all need to reflect and to be aware of a bigger picture and when we see a bigger picture of our own lives of of what's going on we take a different perspective and um things can seem different and bits of the jigsaw can fit together in a way that we didn't necessarily see from the small view of only only looking at it from our own point of view and the other nice thing about this way of analyzing things is that we don't just look at ourselves differently but we look at other people's behavior differently and and sometimes uh, we can see that that what appears to be a outburst is that person being taken back into child mode and and exhibiting distress and that may help us uh, to to understand that person and, and to help what they're going through and it might mean there's a little bit of trauma not necessarily big trauma but you're you're sort of touching on a red hot button of 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 um i was about to say stimulating i don't mean stimulating of of tweaking a raw nerve that's tucked away inside um, and most of us have those somewhere away somewhere around and the trouble is at that point when that raw nerve or where that when that issue comes to the surface the the tail of that little bit of frustration tucked away inside can actually wag the dog and change behavior and that's not always a good idea so it's a good idea to take the the big view and reflect on it absolutely yes and um david has has uh, told us that you're absolutely right in attributing your your quote to socrates about the unexamined life so thank you david um so i hope that's given people a, a brief insight into another way of looking at our behavior and our interactions it doesn't give all the answers but i think it, it can be helpful in certain situations and it it's certainly something that i found useful uh, both personally and professionally so if, if people are interested i'm okay you're okay it's, it's still available i think you know 50 60 years on uh it, very american and i apologize for some of the americanisms um but but that probably is the best starting point if people want to find out more. And uh, if they find it helpful, do feedback to us. Do let us know. And if we've got things wrong, again, we'd be interested to hear. So that's really any last words from you, Andrew? Well, that's really helpful, Peter. And in our in our resource, healthandself.care, which is a free download from the web, page 73 uh, talks about the I'm OK, you're OK. And then we talk a bit more about transactional analysis after that. And we go on to look at some of Eric Burns' games people play from uh, mm. pages um, 80 to 85, I think. Um, that's, you've really put these issues in context, and it's been so helpful. So thank you very much indeed, Peter. And thank you, uh, David, for helping us with a guest appearance as ends in Scott. Absolutely. Thank you, David. You're normally our silent partner, so it, it's good to have you uh, involved on this occasion. So... And thank you for listening, uh, and go well. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. The show was hosted by our team of doctors, including Dr. Andrew Tresida, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, and Dr. Sarah Coop. The show was produced by Rob Holmes Music on behalf of the NHS Somerset Integrated Care Board.